today that you're our king and you're worthy of all our praise you're worthy of everything we glorify and magnify the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundations of the world we glorify we magnify our King Most High Jesus Christ was and is and is to come. You are the risen one. <laughs> we glorify you, Jesus. Even your own people didn't recognize you when you entered Jerusalem, but we recognize you today, our Messiah, our Jesus, our Lord, our King. Lord, we pray your kingdom come in this hour and your will be done on earth. Your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives individually, in our family, and in this church corporately. We want you, Lord, more than anything. We want you, Lord Jesus. You must increase. We must decrease in this hour. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And all God's people who love Jesus said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you need an envelope for your giving, they're in a chair right in front of you. You could... Take those and fill them out. A couple quick announcements. This afternoon is our final biblical citizenship class from 12 to 4, and lunch will be right after. Then 
Tuesday night at 6 p.m. is Patriots United. There will not be a midweek service on Wednesday. We will not have a midweek service on Wednesday. Instead, we are having a Good Friday service on Friday night at 7 o'clock. And with communion, we'll serve communion that night. And then so next Sunday will be an Easter service, celebratory service, and will be for the whole family. We'll have the nursery available, but it will be for a family service. So um, this Wednesday, this last Wednesday night, we talked a lot of, out of Galatians chapter 5, and then I was reading the next few days in Galatians chapter 6. It would do you well to read all of that. But I want to read you a portion of that this morning. It says in chapter 6, verse 6, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I'm going to read a portion out of the commentary of my Bible. It says, God has a timetable for every seed we plant. His timetable is not always our timetable. Sometimes the due season means a quick return. Sometimes it means a process or a slow return that may take years or even a lifetime. But we can count on three things. First, God will cause a harvest to come to our seeds. Second, God is never early, nor is he ever late. He is always right on time with our best interests at heart and third our harvest will have the same nature as our seeds that we sow good sing seeds bring good harvest bad seeds bring bad har bad harvest what are we to do with the growing time of our during the growing time of our seeds number 1 refuse to be discouraged number 2 determine to keep our faith alive and active and number three, keep and give on giving, love and keep on loving. Know this, his harvest is guaranteed. Continue in an attitude of expectancy. With that, we will go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Oh, also, there are these on the seats, and we have a few more in the back. You can take this as a reminder, or you can take it and give it to someone as an invitation.
tell you the presence of God is in this place. The anointing of God. I hunger for Him. I want Him more than anything. And I hope that's your heart's cry. And if it is, He's going to show up. Something about spiritual hunger that attracts God. Amen. And I want a pastor of people that attract God. Why? Because I tell you what, they're going to meet meet and minister to a lot of people in the days ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Where's the microphone? Brother Lonnie, he shared this story with me. How many fishermen we got here? A few. This, this is a, a great story and analogy that will help set me up for what I want to read you. It's on, I think, yeah. Well, here we go. Well, last Saturday was one of those days I probably should have stayed home. It was extremely chilly, but... Some of the guys know me, like Justin and my buddy Mark. We go anyway. But I was out of my realm because I kind of went a little late. You know, I'm always there by daylight, but I'm usually there half half hour or an hour before daylight, which started our day wrong because there was already 20 boats there, and it was 19 degrees. The ramp is extremely long and <laughs> slick, and Jake and Justin had a pucker factor because we got about probably 20 yards from the edge of the water and my three-quarter ton truck and boat was in free fall going towards the water <laughs> but for the first time Justin actually got the boat right down a ramp and we hit the water and it stopped but start day out it was it was it was very cold we had a 20 mile an hour north wind blowing right down a river and we fished for probably an hour and finally put the first nice wallet, probably the nicest walleye of the day in the boat. But about every second cast, I had to just stop and clean the, islet, or the ice out of my eyelets. It, was, it wasn't fun. We, went, we fished till probably noon, and we had two fish in the boat. And I really didn't want to go where they were catching fish because any of you have been below a dam, you see now the current is below the powerhouse. Well, there's some sweet spots in that powerhouse where the water is extremely fast going one way, but it circles around and goes back up towards the dam. Well, that's where they were at, and I really didn't want to get in there with all them boats because I hate getting in people's way. I knew they were catching fish, and the guys that was with me wanted to go catch fish, so here we went. We went up there, and we fished, and we got right up in there, and there's boats starting to leave, so we got in where we was starting to get in right where the sweet spot is, and I was watching my graph. I was keeping track of everything I was doing. And pretty soon, boats cleared out. I moved over and hit anchor, and I could finally fish with two poles again because I didn't have to worry about running trolling more with one hand because you got 15 boats in a room in an area the size of this room in fast water. It's oh. not fun. <laughs> and so boats cleared out. I hit anchor and got my second pole down, and... Within five minutes, we caught a fish. Pretty soon, we had 11 fish in the boat. There's a guy, 
probably the worst boat driver out there that morning was banging it into hundred thousand dollar boats right next to me oh and and oh Justin looked over hey Bo how you doing old Bo Brummels he's a he he wrestles I think for Battle Creek Brian told me about him because he was there he was bragging about on Facebook how he caught fish yesterday I said well there's a little more story about that so finally uh Bo or Justin started talking to Bo and I was pretty impressed he had his kid with him and they started talking, and he goes, well, how are you guys doing? You know, we've been here two days, and we've caught two fish. I go, well, it's... Justin goes, well, we got 11 now. Pretty good soon. Justin said, so you're... It was Bo Brummels. I go, well, that Brummels sounds familiar to me. I said, did you fish a walleye tournament at Calamus last year? He goes, no, my dad did. So yeah, I remember that. I think I think your dad and he fished with Poli, and they blank you guys blanked out. And I said I don't know about that Calamus turnip. There's every year there's some old old fart. He won it four of the last five years. He goes, yeah, I've kind of heard about that guy. So pretty soon I he had that kid in his boat, and that kid was not having fun. He was freezing. I go just so you know that old fart. <laughs> You're talking to him. So I said, you know how I catch fish? Because I am very observant. I, I give the fish what they want. If I see somebody else catching fish, I keep an eye on what they're doing. And pretty soon, you got it in your head. You've got them figured out, and that's what they want. That's what you give them. I said, what are you doing today? I knew what he was doing because I'd been watching him fish for about an hour. He had a big jig on and a big plastic tail and a minnow. You don't catch fish below four randall with that. So I said, I'll give you a little advice. You've seen us catch 11 fish and you've caught nothing. Put a Lindy rig on that kid's pole and I'll guarantee you he will catch fish. So I said, he actually listened. So he rigged up his kid's pole, and in five minutes, that kid had his first fish. A big smile come across his face. Five minutes later, the kid caught another fish. Well, we were done, so I, had, I didn't know how they actually ended up. But that's, that's the, your whole way in life. You've got to be observant to be all around your surroundings. You know, if you want to hang out with people that are winners in life, you hang around with winners. If you want to hang around with losers, you hang around with losers. But that, your life is determined on the people you hang around with. Well, what that kid learned yesterday is to be observant about what people is doing around him, and maybe he'll start catching a little right. fewer more fish. And the people that he hangs around, his dad hangs around with, the more he's going to learn how to right. do things. So that is the story of the fishing but after i talked to brian he he goes last week i might have already said this but he hit me up you know they're catching fish below gavin's seen bo brummel's uh facebook he is pretty proud of the walleys he caught down there below gavin's i go well i hate to break it to you but i know he was below fort randall so that's the story of my fishing so and that sets me up for what i want to tell you this morning amen I want to read to you just, just as an introduction, and 
goes along with this, and this applies to us, the body of Christ. This chapter's in, I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs, but it's entitled, Preparing for a New Anointing. Say it with me. Preparing for a New Anointing. Now listen, if you don't get anything today, then get this. God is requiring change. Change in our lifestyles. Change in our attitudes. Change in our relationships. And change in our ministries. This change, and it's a radical one, will affect everyone in the body of Christ to some degree. Some will like it. Now listen. Some will like it. Some will hate it. Some will submit to it. And some will rebel against it. No matter who you are, you cannot be neutral. God is confronting you. God is calling you. God is asking us to prepare our hearts for changes that will be coming to pass both in the church and in the world. As we do this, there will, be, there will come a refining, everyone say refining, and a spiritual cleansing in our lives. Say a refining, a spiritual cleansing in our lives. This will enable us to behold God, to be changed from glory to glory, and to be entrusted with His power and ability. Look at uh, Malachi. We were there last week. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And what did Lonnie's story have to do with what I just read to you? That other guy, was it Bo? Had to make some adjustments. He had to make some changes in his fishing style. Now, he could have said, I ain't listening to that old fart. Now, in this church, we can say fart. Okay? And ass, too, because it's biblical. But he had to learn to submit and listen to what the older guy had to say. And he did, and he caught fish. And if we're going to affect a society, if we're going to have any kind of effect on a community, then we as Christians are going to have to make some changes. Religion does not win a city. Jesus Christ is the one that wins and affects a community and a state and a nation. But if we continue the old ways, the old worship this morning, I almost did it three times. Why, Pastor Mike? Because I could sense this reserve. But it was building. I'm not... It's all right. I listen to her most of the time. But you've got to realize that... Religion doesn't want to shout. And you've got to sometimes break loose. And I'll tell you what, since we came here in the early 80s, this is one conservative German community. 
And only a shout can deal and take that religious spirit out. Thank you. So we're going to have to learn how to shout again. We have in the past. My shouter's sitting down in jail in Lincoln, but he's coming back. I'll never forget when he came in here that first time he shouted, and it set something loose in the atmosphere. Amen? Look at Malachi chapter 3. Let me read it to you. It says, well, let me, let me set this up. We gave you uh, this last week. but We said Jesus Christ came to do God's will. He came to save sinners. He came to destroy Satan's works. He came to fulfill the Old Testament. And He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But He also came as a refiner and purifier of His people. And folks, we're in that hour now. He's purifying and refining us. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, the priests, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. In this hour, people, every believer, say every believer, every believer must yield to the refining and purifying work of Jesus Christ, if he or she is going to mature, become a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, and prepared for every good work. Now, I don't know about you, I sense in my, in my life at this time in church history, this is one of the most, it's, it's a difficult time, but it's an exciting time. But what I'm going through, I don't enjoy it. Because I'm being refined. I'm being purified with the launder soap. I'll never forget when... I still have memories of this little boy sitting in a bathtub. And my mother would give me a bath. And she used a wash rag. And they were old rough ones. And before she'd get it and she'd just scrub me down. I can still remember that. Trying to get her little boy clean. Well, that's going on spiritually right now. I don't know about you, but I've got some imperfections. Well, you've been a preacher for 40 plus years. Aren't you perfect yet? <laughs> Far from it. I have some character flaws. How about you? <laughs> We're not perfect, but that's the exciting thing because we can't do it without Him. It's His grace. It's His mercy working in our lives, working out all this junk. And I, I don't enjoy it. Amen? Amen. 
1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, God tests our hearts. God's refining fire will expose the true intentions of our hearts along with impurities and character flaws. As believers, we have the responsibility to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. Now listen. Therefore, our godly character must meet His standard and not ours. Amen. Now, moving along quickly. We said last week, the Word of God is very clear on defining what kind of vessel you and I should be. The first one we gave you was this. We should be a vessel full of treasure. See, Fort Knox. How many of you know what Fort Knox What's at Fort Knox? If there's any in there, I don't know. But this is Fort Knox. Right here. If you have made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. As born-again children of God, we have the greatest treasure in the whole universe right inside of us. You have a vessel. Sam, a vessel full of treasure. See, in that treasure is the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes to uncover that treasure, you've got to dig. And you've known for years, this preacher's been in the antique business for years, and Since I was a little boy, I was digging bottles out of dirt. And a few years ago, I had the privilege of um, helping uh, Clayton Andrews in his his estate and cleaning out his warehouse. It took three months. His his home, there was a trailer. and, And in this trailer, which was his dad's old, original moving truck, it was full. And Kathy and I were there one day, and we opened that door. Oh, you've got to understand how exciting treasure is. Our junk. You know, they say one's man, one man's junk is another man's junk. That's what they say. Go over in the South Building and look. But we opened the door, and it was full, and I got in there, and I started digging, and then all of a sudden I noticed the floor was moving. It was full of mice. And mice were just going everywhere. Now, she's not too squeamish. She didn't like it. But I dug and I dug out all of his original old toys as a little boy. Amen. Then I dug out some other stuff and I pulled something out of a box and there was a 1799 silver dollar with a hole in it. And you know why that hole was in it? Because they used to give it to Indians and Native Americans and they'd wear them around their neck. Treasure. But I had to dig for it. And in the days ahead, you're going to have to do some digging. You're going to have to clean the house. You are called to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. And you and I are not going to be useful and prepared for every good work unless we clean this vessel. And all you're going to be able to do, some of us, is just get on your knees and cry out to God and say, cleanse me. 
If you're here Friday night for communion, I'm going to share a personal thing that God spoke to me a few weeks ago. So, I'm a vessel full of treasure. Say it. Number two, you're a vessel sanctified sanctified and honorable. Now, let me read it from the Amplified. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 says, For this is the will of God that you... Now, every time I, want to, I say you, I want you to say you, okay? Will you play along? For this is the will of God that you should be consecrated, separated, set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice, that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane and honor. See, you have the responsibility. You, not your mate, not your preacher, not your friend. You and I have to take personal responsibility in dealing with areas in our life, the character flaws, the impurities. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, I beseech you, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, say your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. 2 Timothy chapter uh, Two says this. In a wealthy home, this is Living Bible, in a wealthy home there are dishes made of gold and silver as well as some made from wood and clay. The expensive dishes are used for guests, like the fiesta we bring out occasionally, and the cheap ones are used in the kitchen are put in the garbage. If you stay away from sin, you'll be like one of these dishes made of purest gold. The very best in the house, so that Christ Himself can use you for His highest purpose. Now, if you don't get this, you need to get one. If there's one back there, take it. I don't know how many we have left. But there was a man named Daniel. You remember Daniel? And if you'll look, it was March 31st, and I'd already had this scripture, and I thought it was interesting how this was brought out a few days later. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. We're talking about a refining and a purifying. Are you continuing to do things you don't want to do and indulge in thoughts that lead you astray? Are you being constantly overcome by the same old temptations? Here's the bad news. The new birth doesn't do away with your old nature. It actually intensifies the struggle between your flesh and your spirit. Can you say amen? Here's the good news. You can live victoriously. How? Number one, through prayer. Jesus told His disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you're tired of praying forgiveness after you've failed, start praying before the temptation comes. Don't let that go over the top of your head. 
You can't stop temptation from coming your way, but you can prepare yourself in advance to overcome it. And if you need help, call in for reinforcements. Find someone who you know who can stand with you in prayer. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Number two, by making up your mind. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. The way to subdue your impulses is by activating your will in advance. The way to subdue your impulses is by activating your will in advance. When you do that, God empowers you by His Spirit. Where did did Daniel's strength of purpose come from? God. He prayed three times every day. Don't set yourself up for failure. Keep yourself out of harm's way. When Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph, he fled and ran outside. Both Joseph and Daniel had prayed and made up their mind that they would what they would do before temptation came knocking. You must do that too. Number three, last one. Look at, uh, I'm going to have you turn there. Look at Acts 9.15. How many of you got a past that you're not too proud of? How many of you have ever done something you're not too proud of? Acts chapter 9. If this doesn't help you, then there's no hope. <laughs> Acts chapter 9. How many of you know who the Apostle Paul was? He was a chosen vessel. Chosen is defined as a person or group of people selected for a specific purpose. It conveys the idea of the great privilege and honor of being chosen and strongly speaks of the responsibility placed on those who were chosen to to walk, act, and live in a way that is honorable to their calling. Look at Acts 9.15. This is where he has the Damascus Road experience where Saul becomes Paul. Verse 15, it says, The Lord said to him, Go, this is Anna, he's speaking to Ananias, remember who came and ministered to him, Go, for he's a chosen what? He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You mean Paul or Saul was a chosen vessel? Look at... Uh, back at chapter uh, 7. Let me give you a little bit of history about Saul. Acts chapter uh, 7. Look at verse 58. This is where uh, Stephen the martyr was stoned. And they cast him out of the city and stoned Stephen. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named who? Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was what? Consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was which was at Jerusalem, they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except 
the apostles, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial, made great lamentation over him. Now, verse 3, as for Saul, he made what? Havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. You don't need to turn there, but let me read to you 1 Corinthians 15, 9 concerning Paul. Paul says, For I'm the least of the apostles, whom not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. <laughs> then, one more, 1 Timothy. Let me read it to you. Chapter 1 and verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, this is Paul, our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violently arrogant man. Quit feeling sorry for yourself because you're past. Get over it. You got a future with Jesus Christ. We've all done things, said things. If God can take a man named Saul and make him Apostle Paul, if God can take a disciple named Peter who denied Jesus and make him one of the greatest apostles and leaders of the early church, how much more can God use you? Oh, pastor, you don't know what my mom and daddy were like. I, I'm from dysfunction. I'm just dysfunctional. If you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you become functional. No longer dysfunctional. But what you've got to do is you've got to work on your thinking, how you think. What do you meditate on? The past all the time? Who you used to be? Or who you are now in Christ? I want you to look at Ephesians 1. I'm almost done. I, I cut it really short today because I knew Lonnie would go a long time. He's one of those guys you can listen to. I just love listening to him tell stories. And boy, it was good because I tell you, we need to change. Listen to this. This is Just close your eyes. Let me read it to you. Just, just close your eyes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved." That's who you are today. That's who I am today. I'm accepted in the beloved. I've been chosen from the very foundation of the world. That blows my gaskets. Before God even formed this earth or this universe, He knew me. He ordained me. He chose me. He knew. He's omniscient. He knew I'd screw up. He knew you'd screw up. But he also knew if we'd get down on our knees and say, Father, oh, I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to be sanctified. 
I'm not, <laughs> sanctify, that's an interesting word. You remember, um, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Remember that movie? One of my favorite movies. And she looks at George Clooney, his little girl, and says, You can't have Mama because you ain't been sanctified. She says, You ain't been sanctified yet. It's a process, folks. One more scripture. John 15, verse 16. Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So you and I are vessels full of treasure. You and I are vessels that are sanctified and honorable. You and I are chosen vessels. So hold your head up high. We're going to have, I just, just came to me, Pastor Mike, you're going to have to give some amen classes. I mean that. Some of you got to learn how to say amen. Let me hear you say amen. Now I know how you are when you go down to the Capitol. Bring a little of that back into the church. Amen. Oh, that's better. Let's stand up. I woke up this morning with this benediction. Raise your hand or hands. Amara, you can raise one. Bless God. She just had shoulder, shoulder surgery. Now listen to this benediction. Oh, it's so good. Now may the God of peace, who's the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, and testament, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will while He Himself works in you accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever to the ages of the ages. Amen. So be it. Thank you. We'll give glory lessons too. You know what? I come up here and sometimes I just need to preach for me. I needed to hear that today. Is there anyone here today, this morning, you need prayer for healing? I want somebody to go back and, and uh, one lady, go and pray, for, get ready, and we're going to pray for Sandy because of her knee. She's got knee issues and the doctors can't do anything for it. Don't, no, just leave that. Um, you're being so good, thank you. So go back there, lady. Want that, thank you, Courtney. Yes. And you, anybody else, Healing. Is there anybody today, again, your neck? Early in the service, there was anointing for necks. Nothing's worse than having a stiff neck. Amen. We're adding the bottom. Why do we do this here at Harvest Church? Because the Bible says we can pray for the sick and they'll die. Oh, I'm sorry. You pray for the sick and they'll recover. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, for healing is in the name. We speak to this back, every ligament, tendon, muscle, command that it align supernaturally in Jesus' name. All stiffness and pain go in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, I know. Father, we release that healing anointing today for this neck. We say and speak to every tendon, every ligament. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering healing to Tony. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We release that warmth in Jesus' name, that healing anointing, that heat of the Spirit of God flow through her, that fire in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Your neck. Father, we loose that healing anointing today into that neck. Every ligament, tendon, muscle, joint be made whole in Jesus' name because healing is in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Father, we loose that healing anointing into this neck and jaw in the name of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the healer. We thank you, Father. You said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover, so I expect supernatural recovery for him. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, anything else? Try to make it a, a priority for communion. And uh, I know that, that there's some things need to be shared. Amen. Prayers need to be prayed. Amen. Anything, anything else? We're going to uh, have lunch for those. I guess somebody made a turkey. You brought a turkey and you made a turkey. Did you get that? was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Lighten up, Lucille. <laughs> God bless you. Have a good week. We'll see you Friday evening. Remember.